feels good in the house today. Hey, listen. We prayed for a lady. I believe it was last week. Her name is Delaney. We got the report that she suddenly lost the use of her legs. And there's a conference called NAYC, North American Youth Congress, where over 35,000 young people gathered together that are filled with the Holy Ghost, fire baptized, and on fire for Jesus. And that young lady showed up at that conference in a wheelchair. And they got to singing about the name of Jesus. And they got to worship him. And all of a sudden, somebody went over to her and grabbed her hand and pulled her up out of that wheelchair. And from going, she went from not having any use of her legs just a few weeks before to walking and giving God praise. I don't think you heard me. I said she didn't have the use of her legs. Then she got to praising Jesus. She got to calling on the name of the Lord. And all of a sudden, she could stand up and walk. I mean, to tell somebody that he still works miracles. I mean, to tell somebody that if he did it for her, then he can do it for you. Hey, what the devil meant for evil, God took it and made it for good. Hey, what the devil meant for evil, God took it and made it for good. Devil thought he had it. He thought I was dead. He thought that I would give up and never. Somebody give him praise. Somebody give him praise. Woo! Come on, you got to use your limbs today. You ought to give him a little more praise than that. Come on, you ain't bound to a wheelchair today. You won't got to praise. Because you woke up and you got breath in your body. You won't got to praise because you woke up in your right mind. You won't got to praise because you woke up and you weren't in a hospital. You won't got to praise because you're still standing. Somebody give him praise in this place. God made it fail. God made it fail. I wonder if anybody has this testimony. Everything the devil
She's doing this series of concerts across the world. And I believe it was in Seattle where she was performing two different songs. And they said that the noise that was coming from the stadium was so loud that it was measuring on the Richter scale at a 2.6 magnitude earthquake. The noise coming from a stadium where they were singing songs about God knows what. Nobody was healed. Nobody was delivered. Nobody was set free. Nobody's marriage got put back together. Nobody's family got restored. Nobody got up out of a wheelchair. Nobody's blinded eyes were open. But in this house today, you stand in front of a king above all kings. You're in the presence of a Lord above all lords. You're in the presence of a healer of a provider, of a way maker. When I was sick, he picked me up. When I was broken, he put me back together. When I was down, somebody praise it. Somebody praise it.
Lord, he's just done too much. He's just done too much. As a matter of fact, if he never does anything else, he's already done enough. If he never does anything else, he's already been all that and more. Thank you, Jesus. feels good in this house. Hey, it feels good in this house. You can make your way back to your seat. We got to have church. Woo! Brother Isaac, don't play with it. Brother JJ, don't play with it. gonna stop nobody from praising. <laughs> well, you might as well go ahead and give him a praise on the instruments. David said to praise him on the loud sounding cymbals. He said to praise him on the string instruments and the organs. Y'all better give him praise too. Y'all better give him praise too. God's house this morning. Amen. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. You can remain standing. I'm not going to be before you long. I know Bishop and First Lady wish that they could be here, but they are on assignment this morning. Bishop, First Lady, we want you to know that we love you. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. Sure that we love you and we're going we're going to try to have church while you're gone. Amen. How many know you can have church without pastor being here? How many know you can get healed without bishop being in the house? Come on, we can have church in this place. Amen. We miss you. We miss you so dearly, bishop and first lady. It's not the same without you. But I know that their abilities, their talents, their calling is, is being put to use in the kingdom right now. And we don't want to hold them back at all from that. Amen. And I love my beautiful wife. Although I'm a little upset. I think someone else has weaseled their way into her affection. And it's a daily battle. It's a daily fight. No, I'm kidding. I can't wait to meet our little boy. 
While you're standing, grab your Bibles. We're going to read from the book of Luke, chapter number 17. It's customary in this house that we stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. We stand for dignitaries and politicians. My God is greater. My God is more worthy, more deserving of my honor. Book of Luke, chapter number 17, verse 11. The Bible says, And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Sierra, Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. Everybody say, ten men that were lepers. Which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Somebody say, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God. Save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Thy faith hath made thee whole. I wonder if there's just a few people in the house tonight this morning that'll be honest with yourself and say I'm not here just to get a touch I'm not here just to have an encounter with God I'm not here just to have an experience with God but I'm here to be made whole come on I'm talking I'm trying to find the people that have some broken parts of their life I'm trying to find some people that are struggling with suicide and and struggling with addiction and struggling with things in your life. Uh, trying to find those people that say, I'm not just here to get a touch from God, but I'm here to be changed. I'm here to be made whole. I'm here to have my life rearranged. For just a few moments, I want to preach to you from this simple thought. Not just healed, but whole. Not just healed, but whole. If you wouldn't mind, put your Bibles down and lift your hands. Somebody lift your voice and let's pray in this house. Saints of God, I need you to lift your voice. And I need you to help me pray this morning. Come on, if you're baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost, can you lift your voice and pray in this house? Come on, we need God to intervene in this service. We need God to move in this house. your voice just a little bit higher come on lift your voice just a little bit more there's people in this house uh, that need to be touched uh, and need to be made whole there's people in this house that need a healing there's people in this house that need deliverance hallelujah amen you can be seated in this house
not just healed, but whole. In our opening passage, the Bible says that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And while he was on his way, the Bible says that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And, he said, and it says that he entered a certain village. This tells me that what was about to take place in this particular village was not happenstance. It tells me that what was about to take place was not coincidence. But the Bible tells us, while it doesn't give us the specific name, it does tell us that it was a certain place. In other words, Jesus was purposefully going to this place. It wasn't a significant place. It wasn't a place worth mentioning by the writer. It wasn't a place of noteworthiness. But it was a place that Jesus had to go to nonetheless. There was nothing special about this city. There was nothing that was drawing a, a large crowd. It wasn't, it wasn't even mentioned. Some people surmise that they know where it's at, but it's not for sure. It's not for certain. This was just any other city. And yet the Bible says it was a certain city. There was purpose to Jesus going to this place. Can I tell you today that Jesus is in this house this morning? You didn't just walk into this place by happenstance. You didn't just walk into this place because you got a flyer or because you saw a reel on Instagram or because you typed in top five churches in Fort Myers, Florida. But I believe with all my heart, with all my soul that you are in this house because God led you here. I don't believe that God makes mistakes. I believe that you walked into this house and there's a reason and a purpose that you are here. I don't know where you find yourself. I don't know what place you find yourself in, how low it is, how dark it is. But I'm here to tell you that you've walked into the right place. I'm here to tell you that you walked into a place where the light shines. I'm here to tell you that you walked into a place where you can be made whole, where you can be healed, where you can be transformed. This isn't just any other place. This is a certain place. And Jesus is here. He knew he'd find you in this place. And he knew that he had to get to that certain city. Because there were 10 men in that city that needed help. He knew he had to get to this house, to 940 Tarpon Street at 11 a.m. Because there'd be people in this house that are broken. Because there'd be people in this house that are desperate for a touch from God. Because there'd be people in this house that have tried other things. You've tried drugs. You've tried alcohol. You've tried the relationships. You've tried therapy. You tried the doctors and nothing worked. And so he said, I've got to get to that place. I've got to get to that city. I've got to get to that house because I know that they'll be there. And I know that they need me. It was a certain place. It was a certain city. I don't believe that it was anything special about the city that, draw, that drew Jesus there. But I believe that it was the simple faith of a band of broken people that wanted change in their life. I believe there were some people in that city that said, you know what? I'm tired of living the way that I've been living. 
I believe there were some people in that city that were sick and tired. Every day waking up with the same problem. Going through the same situation. Experiencing the same circumstance. They wanted change. And it's no different in this house. Jesus is drawn to your faith. Not your status or your prestige. He's drawn to your faith. He's, drawn, he's not drawn to your needs. And you see, that messes some people up sometimes. People ask the question all the time, why, why do these things happen in the world? Why do people go through the, thing, the things that they go through? Why do people experience the, the, the terrible things that they experience? In no way am I suggesting that God is a cruel God. But I am saying he's sovereign. And that while he doesn't respond to every single need, because if he did, every need would be met, he does respond to faith. If he responded to needs, there would be no needs in the world. If he responded to needs, we'd have everything that we needed. If he responded to needs, there would be no such thing as a miracle. Because there would be no possibilities. Because he's already fulfilled them. But he responds to faith. He responds to your, your movement. He responds to your desperateness. He responds to your action. He's not going to touch somebody that's just sitting there like a bump on a pickle. He's not going to touch somebody that's uninterested, that's unmoving, that doesn't want anything to do with the things of God. But he's going to reach down and he's going to sit next to somebody that's desperate. He's going to sit next to somebody that has a need and says, God, I can't make it without you. He's going to come down and he's going to commune with somebody that's in need of a miracle. As a matter of fact, he famously does not move just to needs. There was a time when a woman came to him and said, Master, would you please heal my daughter? She's grievously vexed with the devil. And the Bible says that Jesus ignored her. She was a Syrophoenician woman. She wasn't a part of, of Jesus' plan at the time. The Bible says that he told her, I've come to the household of, of faith. He said, I've come to the Jews right now. I've come to minister to my brothers at the moment. And you're out of season. And he had every right to continue to ignore her. He had every right, God's sovereign, to leave her out, out the wayside where she was. But there was something that rose up inside of her that said, yes. I understand you don't deal with my type. I understand that I'm less than, and I understand that I may not be worthy of your attention. But she said, even the dogs eat from the master's table. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. In other words, she was saying, I don't care what I, ha I need, I have to get from you, or what I have to do to get it from you. I just need something. I'm not asking for a whole bunch, Jesus. I'm not asking you to leave from where you're at. I'm not asking you to do something huge. I'm not asking you to wave your hand. I'm not asking you to make a big deal or a scene. I just need a word from you. I wonder if there's some people tonight in this house that aren't interested in all the grandiose. God, I just need a touch. God, I just need you to heal me. I just need... It was her faith. It was her faith that made the difference. In 
verse 13, the Bible says, or at the end of verse 12, the Bible says that there, there was 10 men that were lepers and they stood afar off. They stood afar off because they weren't allowed to come into the city. They weren't allowed to mingle with the people. The Bible says they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, have mercy on us. They were desperate. But they didn't let somebody else do it for them. And they didn't wait until Jesus came to, him, to them. They cried out. They made the move. See, here's what happens a lot of time. I'm just going to give you, a, I'm going to help somebody a little bit. People come to church all the time and sit on pews and leave. And they get upset because nothing happened. They come to church. They dance with the music a little bit. They amen the preacher, and they leave, and then they get upset because nothing changed in their life. Because nothing happened. If you want change, I want to tell somebody, if you want change, you've got to get desperate with God. If you want something to happen in your life, you've got to be the one to lift up your voice and say, Jesus, please don't pass me by. Come on, you've got to get desperate. You've got to get some desperation about you and say, Jesus, whatever you do, I know there's other people. I know there's other needs, but please don't pass me by. Somebody ought to get like Bartimaeus. And when he heard that Jesus was coming, he didn't wait for Jesus to walk by him. He didn't wait for somebody to pick him up and bring him to Jesus. But he cried out with a loud voice. He made it up in his mind that regardless of what everybody else does, regardless of what happens to anybody else, I'm going to get my miracle. I'm going to get my breakthrough. I'm going to get my deliverance. You've got to get desperate with God. You've got to make a move. He can't do it for you. The Bible says that Jesus told them, go and show yourselves to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were healed. They were cleansed. They were touched. As they went, in other words, Jesus said, all right, you want healing? Go show yourself to the priest. I'll make it simple. And their response was, yes, sir. And they turned and they made their way to the priest. And outside looking in, it may not make any sense. People may wonder, well, why didn't Jesus just heal him right then? If as soon as they left, as soon as they turned around, they were healed, what's the significance of them going to the priest, of them listening to what Jesus said and going to the priest and showing themselves to the priest? Well, you got to take it all the way back to the book of Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 14, the Bible gives specific instructions on how to deal with lepers. If you can put that up on the board. There were specific instructions. The Bible says, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper in the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought unto the priest. He shall be brought unto the priest. This was the word of God. This is what God said. And the priest shall go forth out of the camp. And the priest, everybody say, and the priest 
shall look and behold if the plague of leprosy be healed in the leper. Then shall the priest, did somebody say the priest, command to take for him that is to be cleansed two birds alive and clean and cedar wood and scarlet and hyssop. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it in the cedar wood and the scarlet and the hyssop and shall dip them in the living bird in the blood of the water, of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle it upon him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. And right here, verse 8, and he that is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes and shave off all his hair and wash himself in water that he may be clean. And after that, he shall come into the camp and shall tarry abroad out of his tent seven days. The significance is that they had to bring themselves to the priest because it was the priest that had the authority to take the bird, to take the sacrifice, to take the blood, and to determine whether or not they were clean. It was the priest that had the authority to either tell them they had to go and isolate themselves for seven days because they were riddled with leprosy or whether or not they could go back into the, into the fold, whether or not they could come back into the camp with everybody else. It was the priest and the priest alone that held the authority to examine somebody's life. It was the priest and the priest alone that had the authority to look at somebody on their skin and say, you know what, that, that looks like the leprosy's healing. Why don't you go and do such and such and then come back and you can be back, back a part of the fold. It was according to the priest's word. It's the divine order of God. The God, God gives priest, the priest the authority. He gives the pastor, can I say it like that? The authority to determine what's good and what's bad in the church. It's up to the men of God to determine what, what is right and what is wrong in the house of God. It's the word of God and the man of God. God will never overstep the authority of the man of God in the city. If he placed them there. When I say that, people think, oh, he's putting God above man, or man above God. Not at all. Not at all. You go and study it out in your, in your Bible. Time and time again, God would speak to his man. And if the people didn't listen to the man of God, then they weren't going to hear from God. John the Baptist had his head cut off. And Herod tried to go to Jesus, or Jesus went to Herod, and Herod tried to get something out of Jesus. He tried to talk to Jesus and say, why don't you show me a sign? Why don't you, why don't you show me something? Show me who you are. And the Bible says Jesus answered him not a word. Why? Because he cut off the man of God's head. He cut off the authority's head in his life. He cut him off and said, I don't want anything to do with it. And then he tried to turn around and say, Jesus, why don't you speak to me? And Jesus said, I don't want to have anything to do with that. Because you circumvented the authority. He'll never circumvent the authority of a man of God. And so he told, them, he told the lepers, you know what? Go see the priests. Go show yourself to the man of God of this city. Go show yourself to your pastor. Can I help somebody today? Maybe part of the reason why you're struggling with some of the things that you're struggling with is because you're not submitted to a man of God. Maybe some of the issue that you're experiencing is because you're not submitting yourself to God's authority in this city, in this house. 
See, that's not popular preaching, but if you want change, if you want to be healed, and if you want to be made whole, you'll do whatever it takes. You'll do whatever Jesus says to do. If I got to dip seven times in the river to be cleansed, then I'll do it. If I got to go and submit myself to a man of God, you know what? It may not feel good. It may go against my flesh, but you know what? I'm going to do it anyway. They had to show themselves to the priest. People dealing with spiritual leprosy because they don't want to submit themselves to a man of God. And when Jesus says, go and submit yourself, go show yourself to the priest. Instead of turning around and saying, yes, sir, they walk the other way and say, it's too much. I'm not ready to submit. Or they'll go to the man of God. And the man of God will tell them something. And they'll say, yeah, that sounds good. And they'll walk away and never do it. Or the man of God will get up in the pulpit. And he'll preach something that God gave him. And he'll preach it true. And he'll preach it hard. And he'll preach it in love. And we'll amen. And then he'll walk out. And never listen to a word he said. And we wonder why we deal with leprosy in our life. We wonder why we deal with brokenness. We wonder why we deal with lack. We wonder why we deal with some of the things in our life. I'm here to, I'm here to tell you today that part of the reason why you're not experiencing change in your life, part of the reason why your flesh is out of control is because you're not submitting yourself to God and you're not submitting yourself to your man of God. It's not popular preaching, but it's, it's right. We want to be healed. We want to live a life of blessing. We want to live a life of overflow. We want to live a life, life of miraculous. We want to live a life of, of anointing. But we don't want to show ourselves to the priest. We want to get rid of the leprosy. We want to get rid of the things that are tearing our life apart. We want our family to be put back together. We want our kids to come back to church. We want our finances in order. We want our life put back together, but we don't want to show ourselves to the priest. We don't want to submit ourselves to godly authority. We don't want to submit ourselves to the man of God in this city. You can't make it to heaven without a man of God. I know I said it a couple weeks ago, but it bears repeating. You can't make it to heaven without spiritual authority in your life. You can't be blessed without spiritual authority in your life. You can't be whole and entire without spiritual authority in your life. See, the problem with modern Christianity is we've got too many people interested in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and a personal walk with God, and they'll show up to the house of God, and all they want to do is worship. All they want to do is have their ears tickled, and all they want to do is have a good word and a good sermon and a sound bite and something to take home, but they don't want to submit their life. They don't like it when a man of God gets up and say you're wrong. They don't like it when a man of God gets up and says, get rid of the phone number or delete the contact or get rid of the influence we want to have our cake and eat it too well I've just got a personal walk with God I'm glad you do you should have a personal walk with Jesus but you also have to have a relationship with your man of God if you if you have a personal walk with God if you have a personal relationship 
then you will have a man of God in your life that you submit to. You can't have one without the other. You can't say, I love God and I'm submitted to God, but not be submitted to spiritual authority. It doesn't work like that. Jeremiah said it like this, I will give you pastors according to my heart. This is God speaking, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. He said, I will give you pastors. I'll give you the pastor. I'll bring you to the place that I want you. I'll bring you to the man of God that I have for you. In other words, you don't get to just walk around saying, mm, I don't like the way that man of God brought it. I think I'm going to go find another church over here. That's not how it works. You don't get to come to Sunday morning church and when the pastor starts getting on some things that you don't like or you don't get to come to Tuesday night Bible study and when he starts saying things you don't agree with, up and leave and take your family and say, that man of God's out of his mind. He don't know what he's talking about. That may be for them, but it's not for me. That's not how God worked it out. He said, I'll give you the pastor. I'll give you the authority. I'll bring you to the place that I want you to be. And what that requires is requires me to submit. We like, to, we like to quote. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restoreth my soul. Psalm 23. We don't realize what that really means, Brother Al-Badassin. People don't really realize what that means. In order to be made to lie, lay down somewhere, you've got to have complete trust and relationship with the shepherd. You can't have the green grass and the, and the overflowing rivers and the land of milk and honey if you're not submitted to a man of God. I'm trying to help some. I'm not trying to beat anybody up over the head. I'm trying to help you get rid of the leprosy out of your life. I'm trying to help you get rid of the brokenness out of your life. I'm trying to help you get your family back together. I'm trying to help you get your finances straight and your relationships back together. I'll give you pastors according to my heart. And those pastors are going to feed you with knowledge. They're going to teach you. The Bible says, as soon as they turned around and began to show themselves to the priest, they walked on their way to the priest. The Bible says that they were healed. You know what that tells me? It tells me it has less to do with the man and it has more to do with your submission. It has less to do with the man. They didn't even tell us the priest's name. They just said, go show yourself to the priest. And as soon as they were obedient, as soon as they submitted themselves, that's when the healing happened. Man, that... Can we lift our hands for just a minute? Jesus. Jesus. The devil doesn't like this type of preaching. And it's nothing of my own. I ain't nothing special. But he don't like this type of preaching. Come on, can we lift our hands for just a minute? Can we lift our voices?
Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says that as they were on their way, that there was one of them that recognized that he was healed. He was on the way to the priest like the nine. He must have felt something. He realized, hold up. Something's different. And he realized that he was healed. And there's something that came over him. And this is what I want to talk to, to us about. I'm not going to be much longer. But something came over him that said, you know what? I, I've got to go back. I've got to go back and I've... I just got to say thank you. It may, nobody else may come back with me. Nobody else may return, but you know what? I, I got to go back and I just got to worship. I got to thank him because if it wasn't for Jesus, if it wasn't for the blood, I wouldn't be in this situation. I wouldn't be healed. My family wouldn't be put back together. If it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, I wouldn't be in my right mind. So he ran back and he ran and he fell down at his feet and he began to worship. And he began to thank him and Jesus looked at him and said, weren't there ten of you? What happened to the nine? Too many people come to church for a surface level experience. Too many people come to church on Sunday morning and that's it. Too many people come to church and they just want to be, they just want to touch from God. They don't want them to, to start prying into their life. They don't want God to break out the surgery tools and start cutting some things open and start looking at some places in people's hearts and minds. And they just want to come and they want to hear a good word and then up and then leave and never think twice about what's happening in their life. Too many people are only interested in what they can get from God rather than what they can give God. All too often, modern Christianity views God as a genie in a bottle that when I need something, I can just ask him and he'll do it. Or I can just make demands of him and you said it in your word. I believe it, and so it's done. You know, faith it into existence and, and speak it and blab it, grab it, name it, claim it. But then when it comes time to submission and when it comes time for them to come back to the feet of Jesus and lay their life down, they don't want anything to do with that. I'm trying to find some people that really want to be changed in this house. I'm trying to find some people that don't want to just be healed, that don't just want an encounter with God, but want to be made whole. I'm trying to find some people that are desperate in this house. You've come in this place week after week, and you've left the same, and you want to be changed. You want to be made whole. I'm trying to help you this morning. I'm not trying to be mean, I promise. I'm, just, I'm trying to deliver my heart the best way that I can. I want people to be changed. And if I can just reach one, then that'll be plenty. 
He's interested in communion. He's not interested in just healing. He's not interested in just delivering you. He's interested in relationship. He wants to know who you are. He wants to commune with you. He wants to know you on Monday. And he wants to know you on Tuesday. And he wants to know you on Wednesday at your job. And Thursday at the family get together. Come on somebody. He wants, he don't want just a surface level experience. He don't want just a touch. He wants to know who you are. He wants a relationship with you. Music, you can come. We got people calling themselves a Christian and then go home and cuss. We got people calling themselves a, a child of God. They don't know what his word says. We got people calling, calling themselves a believer. And like Jesus said, Brother Collins, they don't do the things that I say. You can't call yourself a believer and not submit yourself to the word. He don't just want to heal you. He wants to make you whole. He don't want to just make you feel good on Sunday morning. But he wants to put your life completely back together again. He's not interested in just a touch, but he's interested in transformation. The Bible says that Jesus looked at him and said, thy faith hath made thee whole. Can I tell you today, you may have walked in here with, with family. You may have walked in here with friends. But it's not according to your friend's faith. It's, it's not according to what your friend does. But it's according to thy faith. It's according to your response. It's according to what you do when you have an encounter with Jesus. I tell people all the time I'm extremely grateful. For where I, from where I came from. I was... Four years old, I believe, when we first started coming to church. And it was me, my mom, and my sister, I believe, just the three of us. And we walked into the back doors. Brother Quentin, where's Brother Quentin at? Brother Quentin's mom invited us. One of these days I'll give my testimony because it, it just doesn't make sense that I'm here today. So when I get up and I say I shouldn't be here, I really mean it. But I remember, I can remember being a little boy coming to church and not knowing exactly what we were doing. But I'll tell you what I do remember. I remember that my mom never missed a service. And before you get it twisted, I'm not here trying to seek some, some sort of attendance gain. Checking off a box is not what I'm interested in. But your attendance and your dedication directly reflects your relationship. The Bible says, forsake not yourselves. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. So 
we are the body of Christ. Yes, we exist outside of the four walls of the church. But it's imperative that the body of Christ come together. And not just on Sunday, but on Sunday night. And on Tuesday night. And on Thursday for prayer. And on Friday for youth. And Saturday for outreach. And early morning prayer and whatever other times there are. But I can remember when I got a little older, I asked my mom. I never really, I, I was too young to, to, to really know how we got there and all the different things. And I just remember her telling me, you know what? I came to one service and everything changed. She said, I came to one service. I missed the next one because I had to go get some stuff back from home. But I came back and I never missed another service again. You want to know why? Because she wasn't interested in just a touch from God. She had some broken things in her life. My dad's got the same testimony. Broken things. I've got the same testimony, thank God. At some point it had to become mine. It had to become young people. At some point, it has to become your relationship. You can't hold mom and dad's coattails for the rest of your life. At some point, you got to make it up in your mind, I'm going to set my alarm clock, and I'm going to get ready for church myself, and I'm going to make sure that I'm in the car waiting if you're too young to drive. And if you got a driver's license, I'm going to make sure I'm there on time. At some point, it's got to become your own. It's a relationship. God's interested in, in making you whole. He's interested in making you entire. They were all healed. Every single leper received healing. Every single one of them got a touch. Every single one of them had an encounter with God. But we only know of the one that was made whole. We only know of the one whose, whose life was put back together. And I can't read too much into it, but I can only imagine... Leprosy is one of those things that it, once it gets into your skin, it literally begins to rot your flesh and people will lose fingers and they'll lose appendages and they'll lose their nose and their ears. And I can only imagine that maybe he, when he fell down and he said, Jesus said, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And when he said whole, maybe an, an ear grew back. And maybe... His finger grew back and maybe his nose came back. And there wasn't just, the scars were gone, Brother Halbadassin. It looked like nothing had ever happened. He was made whole. He wasn't just healed, he was made whole. And I'm here to tell you today that that's what God wants for you. That's what God has for you in this house. You can walk out of this place whole and entire. Not just a physical healing. Not just healing in your body, but healing in your mind. Healing in your heart. Healing in your emotions. Heal I'm talking about mental healing. I'm talking about peace. Not just from storms, but peace from voices in your head talking about mental and spiritual healing and, and emotional healing. I'm talking about completely being made whole. 
It can happen today. It can happen in this house. Here's what I want us to do. I want, to, want us to stand all across this house. And I want you to make your way down to this altar. Well, we're not going to embarrass everybody, anybody. Make your way down to this front. There's healing in this house today. But not just healing. There's restoration. There's transformation in this place. We're not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm not going to call anybody out or bring anybody up on the platform. But I want to know if there's anybody in this house that you're ready for God to do something radical in your life. I'm not looking for the folk that came just to have a surface level encounter. I wonder if there's people in this house that have come and said, you know what? I'm here to lay it all down at your feet, Jesus. I'm talking to the people that have come into this house broken. I'm talking to the people that have come into this house messed up. Your life is out of whack. Your life is out of order. You've come into this house desperate for change. You've come into this house desperate for something to be made, made whole in your life. I want you to lift your hands right now. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. But I want you to lift your hands. And just like the one that returned, this moment right here is between you and God. This moment right here is between you and God. Come on, he wants to make you whole this morning. Come on, he wants to make you brand new this morning. He wants to transform your life. He wants to completely change you. He wants to make you whole. Come on, saints, can you help me pray this morning? Come on, saints, can you help me pray this morning? Come on, there's people on out here in this altar. Come on, I need help in this place. Can you pray this morning with somebody? Come on, find somebody. Come on, somebody. You got to lift your voice in desperation. God, whatever you do, please don't pass me by. God, whatever happens, I need a change. God, I'm ready to be changed. I'm ready to be made whole. Come on, you got to get desperate with God. Come on, you got to get desperate with God. God, I lay it down at your feet. God, I surrender my will. God, I surrender my desires. Come on, that's it, that's it. Lay it down. Lay it down at his feet. Come on, lay it down at his feet. Come on, God, I'm not just interested in a touch. God, I'm not just interested in a healing. I'm not just interested in an encounter. But God, I want to be made whole. God, I want to be made whole. 
Just wanna I lay it down at your feet, Jesus. Wash me and make. 